Go thou, O son of man, I have set thee a watchman unto the house of Israel. Therefore, thou shalt hear the word of my mouth and warn them from me. Have no fellowship with the unfruitful works of darkness, but rather expose them. Coming to you from an undisclosed location in Middle Tennessee and examining current events from a biblical perspective, this is Bible News Radio with your hosts, Randall and Stacy Harp. Hello, people. <laughs> Welcome to the show. Glad you're here. Times to get really hard when you decide to, to walk with the Lord. This is Aviad Cohen. Get really angry. Yeah, it is. Why? Because I just have a piece. A bitty inch, inch of faith. Let me tell you about a story that's called my life. I was a Jew boy, and now I came to Christ. Many people thought that I'm a fool. They thought I betrayed them. Oh, how uncool. Whoa, they're wrong. I'm just a man after God's heart. If you know me, I'm just playing the part of that. Wandering Jew, maybe someone like you. If you open the book, then maybe, baby, then you will see how Jesus is for you like Jesus is for me. Yeah, I came out, I saw, I opened up that book. Now look at me, I'm hooked on the truth. Yeah, I came out. Some people that I know they like to hurt me, they like to break me. Ignorance. Cause I have the truth. They wanna tell me that they're right, they're wrong. I, I know. know. I've seen the evidence and I know what's true. Oh yeah. What about Zechariah 12:10? What about Psalm 22? What about Isaiah 53? Or oh, whatever, please don't tell me that's not true. I've seen it, I felt yeah. it, I know it. Oh. What you gonna do? I'm just trying to be trying to do it. I came up, I saw, I opened up that book. Now look at me, I'm hooked on the truth, yeah. I came up, I saw, I opened up that book. Now look at me, I'm hooked on the truth, yeah. I took my pride and then I threw it out the window. I said to God, I really want to know you for real. I opened up Matthew and I opened up John and I said, Wait, this is so Jewish. How could I have been so wrong? It's true that there's a part two for every Jew do you yeah, there know is. what I'm talking about? Uh-huh. Oh my god, I can't keep rapping about this. Yeah. You gotta open up that book. Yeah. I said you gotta open up that book. Open up. If they're trying to tell you don't open up that book, that means open, open up, up that book, yeah. And I shall pour on the house of David and on the inhabitants of Yerushalayim a spirit of favor and prayers. And they shall look on me whom they pierced. Uh-huh. And they shall mourn for him as one mourns for his only son. And they shall be in bitterness over him as a bitterness over the firstborn. Zechariah 12.10 Oh, this is Old Testament. Old, Old Covenant. Covenant. Yeah, come on, do you feel me? I was never taught about this in yeshiva school. But now I found out. Yeah, it's so cool. Not just part of it, and the parts are gonna tell you is not it. See, like you know, Jews for Judaism, they like to tell you, no, 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 that means something else. They are full of, sh- you know, what I'm talking about. Stuffing. Okay? 
Stuffing. They're full of stuffing. Open up that book, yeah. I came up, I saw, I opened up that book. Now look at me, I'm hooked on the truth, yeah. Here in Luca 10, that's right. 16, he who hears you hears me. He who rejects you rejects me. And he who rejects me rejects him who sent me. Figure it out, yeah. Jesus is the Jewish Messiah. Yeah. I had no idea about this either, yo. Believe me, I had to suffer just to keep with the truth, but it's okay. Whatever. I give my life over to God. That's a big move. For real. All right. Amen. Okay. So for those of you who don't know who that is, that was Aviad Cohen. He was actually known as 50 Shekel. Was that right, Randall? That's correct. 50 Shekel. Yeah. I think that was in his BM days. Yeah. It was before he he became a believer. Um, Yeah. Anyway, the name of the song is called Hooked on the Truth. That's like 10 year old song. It's maybe even older than that. Probably older. Um, uh, But yeah, if you go, if you go to, um, if you go to YouTube, you can, you can find it and you can play it. He's got a number of other ones too. We actually had Aviat on the show, gosh, well, probably a decade ago when he did this song. So yeah, what, you know, what a way to start your week, your, your the middle of your week, huh? With a middle-aged white woman rapping <laughs> uh, to the word of God, just saying people. Just saying. Hey, so if you don't know who I am, let me tell you, I am your sweet, lovable host. Yeah, I am. Right there. Uh, we wrote it. You said it. So we put it down there. It's it's official. Anyway, uh, so hey, I want to thank you for tuning in. I'm Stacey Lynn Harp, and we've been doing this show for about 15 years now. Praise God. We've, we're still here. We've been doing live streaming about four years where you get to see us, so, so I have to, like, do something to put makeup on <laughs> and stuff. Uh, but, hey, you know what this show is? I have to tell you, this show, what we do here on Bible News Radio is we talk about the Bible, we talk about the news, we do it from a biblical worldview. Uh, we are, um, you know, very passionate about discipling and educating believers and equipping you with what's going on, you know? And so, t- so t- yesterday... If you didn't see our show, it was kind of an intense show. We talked about how pedophilia is now becoming a new sexual orientation. We we actually laid that out for you. So if you missed the show, go back and watch it. Super important. Today, what we're going to do is we're going to talk a little bit about Christian persecution. And the, the question that I'm posing to you is, what if your Bible was taken away from you? Right? Now, you guys might not think that that could happen in America. But what I'm going to tell you is, it's possible. Anything is possible, just so you know. 
And so what I want to share with you is I want to share with you some news stories today about the Bible. There's a lot of them out there, um, but we're going to lead we're going to lead this um, the show by sharing about what happened in the United Kingdom recently. And they're a little bit further along, you know, in the Christian persecution world. And in case you don't know, my past my background is. You know, I have a I have a very weird background, actually. I'm a marriage and family therapist by training. Um, I wrote the Voice of the Martyrs persecution blog for eight years. And if you don't know who VOM is, it's the largest ministry to the persecuted church worldwide. Uh, you can actually still go over to persecutionblog.com. You can look at all the archives. I don't think they, I actually don't think they updated anymore. But in that eight years, God put me in this classroom to deal with the issue of looking at Christian persecution from a worldwide perspective. And I'm going to tell you something. Here in America, we're not quite at the level that they are in China or North Korea. But we're coming close. I mean, you know, in time it's going to happen, right? I mean, I really do think right now we're... I, I, I believe America is under God's judgment. That's hands down not... A, I mean, that's not, not even debatable. I believe that with all my heart. But I do believe that we have a little bit of a reprieve right now. And I think God is moving his people. And here's what I want to tell you. I was not raised in a Christian home, right? Just so you know, I wasn't. And my, let me just tell you how I got my first Bible, okay? Because this book, in fact, this, this particular Bible happens to be the one my husband, Bareface, gave me many years ago. He gave it to me on my birthday, when I turned 30 years old, and I am now 50, so that's why it looks used. And actually, this is all tape. This is completely taped up because because <laughs> it fell apart. Um, but this particular Bible of mine is, is 20 years old. Um, Randall gave me this to me for my 30th birthday. But when I was in high school, um, I did not know the Lord. And... It wasn't until I became a Christian, I, I, my friend Gail talk, told me about Christ, and she told me that Jesus could be my best friend. And at the time, I was being sexually abused by, my, by a relative and um, really lost. And anyway, through, through a, a, actually, I think a miraculous series of circumstances, God literally opened up the door for me to hear the gospel, which was that he loved me and he wanted to be my friend. I was like, oh my gosh, God loves me and he wants to be my friend. I mean, that's crazy because I didn't feel very loved in my home. And I'm not going to share my whole testimony, but the, the short story is I went home I, I, after Gail told me about the Lord and I asked my mom for a Bible and she's like, no, you can't have a Bible. Yeah, we don't have that book in our house, blah, blah. And so I was crushed because my mom would not let me even go to church, let alone have a Bible. And so my friend Gail, she went to her grandmother, who she was living with, because I, I don't know what happened to her mom, but she grew up with her grandmother. And her grandmother gave her, you know, she said, can you give me a Bible to give to my friend Stacy? And um, anyway, the grandma said, sure, I have an extra living Bible. Um, and those of you who are as old as me, um, and actually I have a copy of this. It's not the original one, but it, it, it was a green cover. It had Living Bible. It's actually a paraphrased version. Uh, it's not even really the best version out there, but granted, I was about 14 at the time. And so she gave it to Gail, and me and Gail, we decided that we were going to meet up in the library before school. I'll never forget it. She, 
you know, we, I was sitting in the cubby, you know, that libraries have, I was sitting there waiting for her and she showed up and she, you know, it was almost like a drug deal, you know, I was like, do you have it? And she's like, yeah, I have it. And I'm like, <laughs> I'm like, uh, can you, can I have it? And she's like, yeah, but I want to show you something. So she gets the Bible out. She opens it up to Romans chapter 12 and she reads me these words. She says, she goes, I want to, I want to share this verse with you. You've got to, yeah. I said, Okay. So she said, I urge you, therefore, brethren, by the mercies of God, to prove, to present your bodies a living and holy sacrifice acceptable to God, which is your spiritual service of worship. And don't be, don't be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind, you know, so that you may prove what the will of God is, that which is good and acceptable and perfect. And actually here in my Bible, I have a little, you know, have some, some have a butterfly on it. And, and anyway... And I read that. And I was like, oh, wow, this is amazing. It wasn't even John 3, 16. I actually, you guys had not even heard the actual gospel at this point. All Gail told me was that God loved me and that he, that Jesus died for me. He wanted to be my best friend, that I need to ask for forgiveness for my sin. And pretty much that was it. So, but she gave me the Bible. So I got the Bible, put it in my backpack, carried it around. I read that thing. I couldn't go to church. My mom wouldn't let me go to church. And so I would go home and um, I showed my Bible to my mother and she was not real happy about it. <laughs> you know, get that thing out of my sight, you know. And, um, and all I remember was I would get up, I, I would go to bed and I would wake up at five o'clock in the morning. I would take my Bible that Gail gave me out from underneath the hidden secret spot in my room and I would literally get my flashlight and I had the Bible and I had my little notebook and I would read that thing for about an hour before anybody else in the house got up. I mean, I, I would literally read it under the covers because I didn't want to get busted for reading the Bible, you know? And so I grew very passionate and I would, I would write down a, a scripture a day on piece of paper two or three pieces, and then I'd go to school and I would share it with different friends of mine. <laughs> I was a little evangelist at school, just so you know, there was a shocker. <laughs> and and I, I was nuts. I went crazy for the word of God. I mean, God's word changed me. It may, I mean, I was a zealous little convert. Hard to believe, right? <laughs> but I love the word of God and it completely changed my life. It irritated the crap out of my mother though, because she thought I was in a cult. She's like, what the heck? I mean, I would, I would come home and sometimes I'd be in the living room and I'd be reading the Bible and my mom would be yelling at me, stop reading that thing. Yeah, you're such a freaking hypocrite. And I mean, she'd be yelling at me and stuff and, and I'd be like, I'm so sorry. And I'd, I'd run away and, and, you know, hide it because I knew that she was, you know, did not like the Bible, didn't like the book. I grew very impatient though, when I eventually did get to go to church a couple years later um, I was frustrated at the church because I would go to these youth group meetings where they were doing dumbass things. Sorry, did I say that? My bad. They were doing stupid things at these church meetings where they weren't reading the Bible. And I was like, what the heck, man? This is a church. We're supposed to be having Bible study and you guys aren't reading it. What's the heck? I mean, I remember one stupid, um, um, and this is seared in my mind. It was a youth activity where I don't know who the heck thought of it, but but the goal of it was to actually get grapes um, and the guy had to pick it up with his feet, run across the thing and drop the grapes in the other person's mouth. And what the hell does that have to do with anything? 
biblical. I mean, seriously, what does that have to do with anything? I'm like, what the heck? <laughs> anyway, so I would come home and I would read these, these things and I was driving people crazy at this church because I kept asking them a million Bible questions because I didn't understand what I was reading completely. I, I mean, I got a lot of it, but I didn't get most of it because I didn't understand it yet. And, um, I, I drove, I drove my youth coach nuts. I was like, hello, can you tell me what this means? <laughs> Finally, she said to me, you know what? All you have to do is just keep praying. God will show you stuff and you'll get stuff. And what I can tell you is that over time, over, over the years, uh, God eventually led me to the ministry of Ariel Ministries. And Ariel Ministries, uh, interestingly, I met the founder's wife, Marianne, a number of years later um, in an interesting circumstance. And, and she told me about her husband, Arnold, who taught the Bible from a Messianic Jewish perspective, which means that, you know, it was written from the perspective in which it was actually written. And so I began to understand the Bible in that context. And, and I was like, oh my gosh, all of a sudden this made complete sense to me. It really did. I was like, it completely changed my life. And so Ariel Ministries, 27 plus years ago came into my life. God used that ministry to actually disciple me. And then now today, Ariel Ministries is actually our sponsor here on Bible News Radio, a legit, honest sponsor. <laughs> and you guys know we have a coupon code. Uh, you can go to ariel.org and you can save 20% when you use that coupon code Bible News. All you gotta do is put that in. I highly encourage any of you to go there and get the Life of the Messiah or the Yeshua book, uh, the Yeshua uh, study, Life of the Messiah from a Messianic Jewish perspective. Because if you don't understand the Bible in the context in which it's written, you're not going to get a lot of it. And then we also have a ton of other um, stuff that you can go. If you go over to BibleNewsRadio.com, you can check out our resources page and see a number of the other materials that we actually offer. You guys, when you click through there and you buy through the Ariel website and use our coupon code, that tells Ariel that, you know, that, that you heard about them from us. But some of the other stuff there, you can buy through our website. I will personally send whatever that is to you directly. Did you want to say something? Well, I wanted to mention the uh, Ariel newsletter, the quarterly newsletter. Yeah, this is good too. Ouch. Yeah, if uh, you head on over to ariel.org, um, and uh, at the top there's a large menu here. Click on magazine, and there's a quarterly magazine. No, oh, okay, they have the um, uh, they have the e digital one on there. Yeah, yeah, the digital one that wasn't there just yesterday. I don't think. Okay. The latest issue, but they got the digital PDF. If if you want to do that and download it and mess with that. You can also get the uh, hard copy for your coffee table. Um, I think it's just only $5 per issue. And then, of course, uh, use coupon code Bible News, and that brings it down to $4 per issue. As you can see, um, really, really great magazine, uh, you know, professionally published. They do great work there. Great work. Um, as you see, just in this uh, article or this issue, this uh, the the spring 2019, got a cover story uh, about uh, about the triune nature of God in the Hebrew Scriptures. Pretty interesting. Uh, Purim that's coming up, and um, 
and often often there are uh testimonies uh in there and it's just yeah it's you can great see good stuff well in the feast of Purim, we're going to be talking about that because you know you guys know the book of esther right the book of esther has a lot to do with that just so you know yeah we'll be sharing that with you it's uh it's gonna be really super cool all right, so what we're going to do, though, is uh, today what I want to do is I want to share with you um, a story that actually broke a couple days back, and it's over on um, the Premier website. I'm not sure, but the name of the, the article, and we're going to show you a video, is titled, Don't Take My Bible, Video of Street Preacher Arrest Goes Viral. All right, this happened in, in London. It says here, footage of the moment police in London arrested a street pe- preacher has been viewed 1.8 million times. Of course, it's probably more than that now. Um, the video also appears to show the man's Bible being confiscated after after officers in the north of the city accused him of, quote, causing problems and disturbing people's days. The clip shared on Twitter does not give any indication as to the nature of the man's preaching. So we want to share this with you because, you know what? I know people here in America that actually street preach and I know that they've been harassed by the police as a result, whether it's sharing the gospel out in front of a mosque or at a homosexual pride parade um, or at a clinic, an abortion clinic. Um, You know, the three places you're not supposed to even talk about. You're not supposed to talk about abortion, homosexuality or Islam. Those are no no's, especially with the Bible in hand. You don't want to you don't even want to do that in America (laughs) because because you'll be you know, you will. You'll, you'll hear about it. Um, but anyway, so just watch this video because it's, um, it's, it's very poignant. And it also illustrates what I always say at the end of our show, show be bold. Stand up and go with God because he loves you. This guy here is an example of boldness. And I think you guys should check out what he did. It's pretty cool. Uh, we'll just do it this way. Uh, let me make sure we've got audio for it. It takes a minute because Bareface yeah. is doing this all by himself. Me, yeah. I'm just looking, you know, I'm I'm just the host with, with white hair. What do you want to start? Graying hair. Okay. But my hair, my hair needs to do something better. Anyway. <laughs> anyway. All right. I can be arrested if you want. Don't put your hands in my face. I can be arrested Don't if you your want. Hands in my face. What's your face? You put your hands you in better, my face. You better, you better, you better, you better even make your life with the Lord Jesus Christ. What are you doing here? I am preaching. You are preaching. I'm going to require you to go away. You can never. Okay, then I will arrest you for a breach of peace. Plain and simple. What breach of peace is what you're doing at the moment? You're causing problems, you're disturbing people's... Well, I'm sorry. That wasn't a good idea. ...days, and you're breaching their peace. Okay, so for me, for that to be dealt with, if you won't go away voluntarily, you will have to arrest I you. will not go away. Because I need to tell them the truth. Because Jesus is the only way. The truth. Jesus is the only way, the truth, and the life. I appreciate and that. And nobody wants to listen to that. They want you to go away. Oh, you don't want to listen to that. You will listen when you're dead. You will listen when you are dead. You will listen. Take me, take me. No, 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 no. Don't, don't, don't take my Bible away. Don't take my Bible away. 
Okay, so I don't know about you, but um, that breaks my heart, actually, on so many levels. Because if you knew anything about this pastor, apparently he's a Nigerian pastor. Now, let me tell you a little bit about Christian persecution in Nigeria, because I know a little bit about it. <laughs> I actually have friends who, um, a couple of years ago, in case you didn't know this, a couple of years ago in Nigeria, there were 700 churches burned down in the day and the liberal american media and almost every other media out there failed to cover it because it wasn't that important and in nigeria you have half the country that is christian and then the other half where the muslims are slaughtering and boko haram the the muslim terrorist groups over there are just literally like wiping christians out well, according to this article over here on graphic.com, and I'm trying to get my page to move, but it's like stuck. <laughs> of course it is. It's completely stuck. You know, um, he, just, uh, this Nigerian pastor was arrested for, quote, being a public nuisance, but... Right, just to interject, what, what really just gets me, for lack of a better word, is the officer, officer there, the police officer, says, well, I gave you a simple option. And that was to shut up, to stop preaching. He, w he was there um, simply proclaiming the truth. Street preacher. It, it would be different if I think if he was in a movie theater or if he was in a public library or, you know, something like breaching the peace, quote, breaching the peace, unquote. But you right. can hear the commotion in there. You can hear all the cars, the people talking. You know all this, all this traffic, all this commotion near this subway station, or a tube station for the underground. Um, you know, it was a busy place, so you would have to be pretty close to him, I think, to even right. So he would so, really hear. He so, didn't have a bullhorn or anything, right? He, which a lot of people do. I don't think he was making any more noise than anybody else around there. But he said, "Breaching the peace, and people don't want to hear it." So, right. I'll give you a simple option. Shut up. Right. Shut up or I'll arrest you. Yeah. Now, I'm reading the article over here. Now, apparently this, pre this preacher was from Nigeria. And it says here in this article, the police officers warned that they may be forced to arrest him if he insisted. And the preacher told him, I can be arrested if you want. You better even make your life to belong to Jesus Christ. When one of the police officers asked him what he was doing, he responded, I'm preaching. And the officer asked him to go away. Uh, else he would arrest him for breach of peace. But the preacher questioned what breach of peace and insisted he would not go away voluntarily. The policemen uh, handcuffed him, handcuffed. They handcuffed him, people, <laughs> and, took him, and took him away. Now, I don't know anything about this guy, but what I can tell you is that if he's from Nigeria and somehow he ended up in the United Kingdom and he's out there preaching the word of God to these people, and he cares that much about people's souls, which is why he was doing it. Most likely, I would guess that this man probably has dead loved ones who died for Christ in Nigeria. Just a hunch. 
If I, if I got to interview him, I would not be surprised given the amount of Christian persecution in, in Nigeria. Um, the Christian Journal here actually also reports on some other stuff here. It says here, a preacher detained for commentary in the United Kingdom. Christians are being arrested for speaking. Um, a, Canadi- a Canadian preacher was arrested in the United Kingdom for allegedly making homophobic comments. David Lynn, a non-denominational ministry leader and, and subject to what appears to be a campaign against free speech in the United Kingdom, was detained for over 20 hours. The preacher was released without a charge filed on Wednesday from Fresh Wharf Custody Base in East London. Lynn, a Canadian native, was accused of calling a lesbian woman, quote, perverse, unquote, and, quote, sinful, unquote, while preaching at a train station in Barking. David Lynn has been a preacher for 22 years, heads an organization called Christ Forgiveness Ministries with congregations and churches in the United States, the United Kingdom, and Canada. After the arrest, Christian Legal Center, an organization based in the, in the United Kingdom, that helps Christians all over the world with issues relating to law and the Christian faith, aided David Lynn with the ordeal. And here's what they actually said. Now, the Christian Legal Center in the United Kingdom is kind of like the American Center for Law and Justice and Liberty Council, all those places here in America. This is what they say. David began preaching at 1 p.m. on Tuesday and arrived outside Barking Tube Station at 3.30 p.m. where a group of supporters joined him. He preached about people searching for love in the wrong places and that is the only through a right relationship with Christ that this deep need can be satisfied. A crowd formed and David frequently handed the microphone to onlookers to allow them to respond to his preaching. It was alleged that David called a homosexual lady and the crowd perverse and sinful, though he denies this and video footage captured of the preaching does not substantiate her complaint, which there's a big, this is why when you do this, you videotape it. Instead, it shows groups of supporters cheering, chanting Jesus and supporting David throughout his preaching. The atmosphere was more like a carnival than a confrontation. Um, And then it says here, uh, David stated after he got arrested, he said, My vision is to bring the life-changing message of Jesus Christ's love and forgiveness to the world through evangelism. I am passionate about igniting and uniting the global body of Christ for the evangelistic mandate, and I want to bring the message of salvation to the entire world, keeping the focus on Christ and spreading God's love and forgiveness found in Jesus. What happened on Tuesday shocked me, and I'm grateful to the Christian Legal Center for responding immediately to my arrest and helping me avoid being charged. David Lynn is one of many who have been arrested in the United Kingdom recently for situations surrounding free speech. Recently, a Christian woman and a far-right activist was also detained and banned from the United Kingdom for speaking against Islam. There's a huge shocker. And it says here, uh, Mike Overt, together with another street preacher, Michael Stockwell, has been convicted of, quote, religiously aggravated public order offense following their arrest in July 2016. He and his friends had been preaching in a Bristol shopping area and responding to questions, objections, and abuse. Um, I lost my space. Hold on a second. <laughs> I gotta find it. Oh, there we go. Video evidence shows Mike being forcibly removed from the area by a police officer. Charges against one of the men were dropped before the court hearing, and two days into the hearing, the court decided that there was no case to answer in relation to one of the other men. However, Mike and Michael were convicted, but they have appealed. Mike has been arrested before, but successfully contested the charges against him. 
The United Kingdom and its forces are increasingly becoming hostile towards those who speak out against issues they disagree with, particularly towards those who hold the Christian faith. And here's what I would say. I would say, I dare you, I double dog dare you, I triple double dog dare you, quadruple double dog, triple double dog dare you. If you want to get persecuted in America, take your Bible to a gay pride parade, stand out in front of a mosque or a Planned Parenthood, and you share the gospel with those people, and you'll be in the news. Guarantee it. Or, or just stand there to show up. and. Or... Yeah. Have a have a bakery, which that's another story I heard about. Here in Tennessee, there's a bakery. I think it's, I forgot the name. It's Susie's Sweets, I think is the name of it. And a lesbian couple wanted a cake. And, of course, they said no because of religious convictions. And now, you know, this another bakery is being persecuted because they're refusing to, you know, to violate their religious conscience. Just saying. I mean, it's crazy. But it's discrimination, plain and simple. It's discrimination against... No, it's just... I, it's, it just drives me crazy when people conflate not making a certain product with discrimination of individuals. I bet if those ladies came in wanted to buy a pie or cupcakes or whatever else... They would have received service, no problem. It wasn't refusing them service. It was refusing to make a cake celebrating a homosexual union. Well, and the other thing with this particular story, and I'm, I'm not, we're not going to show you the article, but it's on, I posted on my Facebook page a couple days ago. Uh, when the local Tennessee news reported this story, they reported everything but the fact that the owner of this wedding cake shop actually said that they they were really sorry that they couldn't uh, make this wedding cake for a same-sex wedding because of their religious reasons but they loved the person in the lord and they said everything but we love you in the lord on the news thing even though they showed the highlighted message that the lesbian went ahead and put on her facebook page to stir up trouble um the the liberal news didn't report because it, it doesn't fit their narrative right so uh yeah so there you have it people um so the question is what would you do if you were arrested or you were detained and they took your bible away what would you do i talk about this all the time you know one of the the exercises that um that i learned when i was writing for the voice of the martyrs was that um, in underground churches like in China, where there's a huge crackdown on, on Christians and, of course, North Korea um, and other Islamic nations in particular, you know, one of the things that they do is they would literally, and I challenge you to do this, take a page of your Bible, just any page, one page. You handwrite out that page, take your Bible, the rest of it, put it somewhere, and you read that one page of scripture and copy it. So then you can give that part of the word of God to somebody else. That's how they share the Bible in China. And the irony of it all, here's the irony. The irony of it all is Amity, Amityville Press is actually a, it's the largest Bible printer in the world. And it's in China. That's the irony of it all. The largest Bible printer in the world is in China. And you have underground church Christians writing one one page of a Bible at a time, and they, they smuggle it, and they write it on that, and that's it. They fold it up, 
and they'll share it. There's also people using um, like ham radio in various places. And they literally will read the Bible very slowly over these airwaves so that the people, the Christians that are tuning in to hear it can actually write down what they're saying. Literally. I mean, it is amazing what our brothers and sisters in Christ actually have to do in order to get what we take completely for granted. Right. And I, and, and it's true. I mean, you know what? I'm not trying to make you feel guilty or anything, but what I am, what I am saying here is that we do take our word for granted. We do. We do. I do. I do. I know I do. But I will, I will also share with you too, there, there are churches here in America where Chinese people, um, Chinese are in, in churches here in America. They are memorizing whole books of the Bible here so that they the go over back into China and they actually the can, um, you know, share the gospel without actually smuggling a Bible in because they have it hidden in their heart. Um, I don't believe that Putin is a born-again believer by any stretch of the imagination. In fact, Putin... Um, I believe, I, I don't believe for a second is a Christian because Billy, uh, Franklin Graham will not look, go over to Russia because Putin has actually put a crackdown on Christians and evangelism in Russia. And whereas the Russia has been open for the gospel for many decades since the 80s, um, Russia is now actually persecuting Christians. Putin is not a born-again believer. Um, I'm, he might be Catholic or some type of... Um, you know, something like that, where he doesn't have any faith in Jesus or understand the scripture at all, because if he did, he wouldn't be persecuting people like Franklin Graham, just so you know. So uh, he he's not, <laughs> he's not a believer by any stretch. Um, the other thing is, is what a lot of people don't know, too, is that in the United Kingdom, there's actually a revival going on in the United Kingdom, and churches are, um, you know, reviving, if you will, but you're not going to hear that anywhere because of this blatant persecution. And yet at the same time where there's persecution, there's often revival, you know. So there you go. All right. Now, speaking of the Bible, I have, I have a couple of interesting stories about the Bible. So let's look at the first one titled Smugglers Caught Trying to Sell a Rare 1200-Year-Old Bible in a Shoe Store. Now, this is an interesting story. Um, I did post this over on our Bible News Radio page on Facebook. You can go there and look at it later. But it says here, um, um, a rare edition of the Bible, deemed to be around 1,200 years of age, was reclaimed from an antique smuggling network in Turkey. The smugglers were intercepted by a Turkish anti-smuggling patrol deployed by the government in a southeastern province of the country. The biblical scripture was written on only 34 pages, but what makes the copy special is that its pages are made of leather and contain gold-encrusted religious motif, motifs, 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 reports the independent. Uh, on the front side, it has a golden crucifix, and on the reverse side, a star of David. The Bible reemerged in a fragile condition and is due to undergo further examinations by experts. An anti-smuggling team in, on February 4th seized the Bible, said to be only 34 pages long, with gold lettering on a leather in the city of Kaya Pinar, said the southeastern Dayar Bakur something. <laughs> I have no idea. I try, though. 
Governorship in a statement reported Turkish news outlet Hurriyet Daily News. I remember somebody saying, just say it with conviction. Nobody will ever know if it's wrong. <laughs> anyway, the Bible was reclaimed. Probably me. It, I think it, I, yeah, it might have been you or Janet Parshall. I don't remember. But <laughs> anyway, the Bible has re- was reclaimed as three suspects were attempting to sell it, and a total of six suspects were detained over the incident. The action was caught on video. The three suspects were trying to sell the ancient volume in a shoe store, but they quickly came under suspicion since they were trying to bargain with a book that has religious content. Um, As various news outlets note, the rare Bible edition is only the latest of stolen artifacts that in recent years have been carried along smuggling routes uh, through Turkey and toward Western countries. Many of these lost artifacts originate from neighboring war-torn Syria. No information has been so far shared regarding who the Bible's original keeper might be. The sacred book could have been stored in a church somewhere in the region, perhaps in the city of Damascus or Antioch, as Christianity is one of the religions that has deep roots in this part of the world, or it is possible the book was kept by a local family of Christians before being stolen. Turkish officials um, have been trying for some time now to address the ongoing issue of smuggling of significant cultural and religious items, had this rare copy of the Bible not been saved, its end would have been familiar, sold and lost to the international antiquities black market. As a key country in between Europe and Asia, Turkey has in the past intercepted smugglers carrying plunder from countries other than Syria, such as Libya and Iraq. Besides usage of anti-smuggling patrols, other measures taken by Turkish officials include a published list of items known to have been stolen. Any interested party who might want to buy an item listed is missing, as missing, is advised against taking any such action. Anyway, we, I don't need to read the whole thing, but... But again, you know, here we go. The Bible, I mean, if it was so not important, then... <laughs> Why do we have these stories, you know, about why, you know, smugglers selling it and and all that? I I think it's pretty cool though. Twelve hundred year old Bible, that's that's pretty cool. I don't know, what do you think, Bareface? I I do think that's pretty cool. I mean twelve hundred that would put it in like uh, early ninth century. Yeah. I wonder why only thirty four pages though. I wonder which thirty four pages is obviously not the whole of scripture right but, um it's a little bible but still yeah mm-hmm. now meanwhile there's another story um you're gonna love this one <laughs> by the way i should say hi to some of you before i continue i see john i see john and i see melanie and diane <laughs> and mia and james and michael and jackie and and uh tommy and other people, whoever. But anyway, Bible bombshell. How uncovered 2,000-year-old letters claim, quote, Jesus was God himself, unquote. <laughs> now, I mean, just curious. Uh, before this was discovered, <laughs> is it, is it, I don't know. Is it just me, or or or, or is it not understood <laughs> that we already understand that Jesus is God Himself? <laughs> I don't know, Randall. I just think that's kind of funny. Um, well, it's nice to have it verified in some two thousand year old letters. <laughs> yeah. Okay. So, 
So this article here over on the express.co.uk website says seven ancient letters written by a bishop almost 2,000 years ago referring to Jesus as God may reveal the Bible is incorrect in its depiction of Christ, a controversial documentary claims. All right, now, first of all, before I go on, how many of you know Easter's coming up? <laughs> yeah, Easter's coming up. See, look at me, man. I'm getting buff, people. Okay, so Easter's, Easter's coming up. So what does that mean? What it means is this is the time of the year the stupid media everywhere decides that they're going to figure out Jesus and who he is, and they're going to attack him left and right, okay? Just because, you know. <sighs> Anyway, it says here, Ignatius Theo, the, Theophorus, I'm not sure how to say that. Theophorus, maybe. Maybe. Was an early Christian writer who was a church leader in the city of Antakya in southern Turkey. During his life, he is said to have encountered the Messiah and went on to write several letters about his experiences to churches across the nation. However, historians who uncovered the notes were left stunned when they did not refer to him as the Son of God. Ooh, Larry Hurtado from Edinburgh University revealed that he uncovered during the Amazon Prime Son of God series. He said in 2015, Ignatius is writing in the early part of the second century, somewhere between 110 and 115 AD. We have seven authentic letters of Ignatius that have survived. They are addressed to churches along the route that he took over land. And then he goes on to say, uh, he went on to reveal how the letters claimed Jesus was actually God. He added one letter was to Smyrna, one to Ephesus, one to Trallians, one to Rome, and so on. What is interesting about his letters is that he does use these exalted references to Jesus, referring to him as my God and our God. This is a belief that is relatively uncontroversial for him and the churches he is writing to. Presenter of the documentary, Luke Waldock, went on to explain the significance in the discovery. Yeah, there was. There's a significance to this. He revealed, Jesus, my God, this is not a discussion as to whether Jesus could be God or a man like God. Ignatius states it clearly and knows his readers will agree with him. Jesus, my God, Jesus, our God. When we look at the practices of the early church, we find the same attitudes to Jesus. Early Christians were baptized in the name of Jesus. They prayed in the name of Jesus, too. According to the official catechism of the Catholic Church, Jesus means in Hebrew, God saves. At the Annunciation, the angel Gabriel gave him the name Jesus as his proper name, which expresses both his identity and his mission. Since God alone can forgive sins, it is God who, in Jesus, his eternal son, man, uh, made, made man, will save his people from their sins. In Jesus, God recapitulates all of history of salvation on behalf of men. And just so you know, you know, people will talk about, well, did Jesus even exist and blah, blah. Because there's, believe it or not, people out there who actually deny the existence of Jesus still. Like the, the Holocaust, they deny that too. Um, and, you know, the book... Um, by Gary Habermas. The Historical Jesus. The Historical Jesus, yes, is actually a really good book to get. If you guys Indeed. have if if you get that book, what Gary Habermas does is he actually he he cites all of the extra biblical writings like Tacitus, Suetonius, um, Ignatius, you know, Josephus, 
all the us's, <laughs> the names, no. Um, but he, he looks outside the Bible to basically reconstruct the Bible and the proof that this man, Jesus, actually did live and he did exactly what he said he did. In fact, there are so many extra biblical sources for the Bible that the whole Bible could be reconstructed without actually having a copy of the Bible because there's that much evidence out there. So anyway, kind of drives me crazy. But a lot of people don't know that. So I just thought I'd share. And I do think it's interesting. You know, I do think it's interesting that, uh, that this is the case. We don't need the Bible to be holy. It's on your heart. Um, yes. Okay. All right. So let me uh, uh, thank everybody for being a pillar of the community. If you're a pillar of the community to our show, I want to say thank you for donating to us. That That's all it means is that you donate to us every month. And you can do that. If you want to become a pillar, just go to BibleNewsRadio.com forward slash give. Give generously as unto the Lord. <laughs> also, today is February 27th. Tomorrow is February 28th, which means that the the incentive for Legal Shield for me to qualify for the Cabo San Lucas trip that I'm this forward, this close to winning or earning really, uh, ends tomorrow. And so if you're interested in signing up for Legal Shield because the service is super great and or ID Shield because again, it's super great and you want to help me and Bareface potentially get to Cabo San Lucas as a result, you need to do it today or tomorrow. If you want to do it later, that's cool too. But if you want to help us today or tomorrow would be good. So you can go to bit.ly forward slash LOJ 2019 and check that out. Um, there are uh, a lot of really cool things that you can do with your Legal Shield membership, including having perks. Um, I was talking to a new friend today um, here, um, and I'm going to be highlighting her in, in a couple of weeks. But she was she actually did a, a scope a couple of days. Well, no, it was yesterday. She did a, a Facebook live, and she was sharing about how she went to Chick Fil A, and they basically burned her food. And she left and didn't realize the food was burnt until she was too far away from the place. She called them up. They said, well, come back. We'll replace it. She went back. They replaced it. Again, the food was burnt. Basically said, oh, well, deal with it. Long story short, she ended up dealing with the manager who was essentially incompetent. I'll just say that. And, and, and she eventually called Legal Shield up and said, hey, you know what? This is ridiculous. I have I have three children. They inconvenienced me. They burned my food. They treated me like crap, basically. Can you help me out? Well, guess what? The attorney called the owner of that Chick-fil-A, and that Chick-fil-A owner called her and basically said, you know what? We are so sorry. I cannot believe this happened to you. You know, please, you know, let us make this up to you. Here's your refund for the food, and anytime you come back into this area, we'll give you a free meal, Okay. Now, that might sound like how, you know, so stupid or like it's so trivial, but I'm telling you guys, we live in a world where customer service by and large really sucks. I mean, right now Randall and I are dealing with a couple of things and we're having to get legal shield involved. I have another friend that that is dealing with some other stuff. Again, we're trying to get you know, things resolved because frankly, people don't care. So that's just one, you know, one, one use of this membership that, 
that, you know, just having that in, the, in your back pocket, you know, knowing that you can call up an attorney and say, you know, is, I need some advice about this. Can you help me with this? And they can say yes, no, or yes, here's what we can do. You know, we can write a letter on your be- behalf. I've had them do that. Um, that. We can make a call on your behalf. You would be surprised how quickly people respond to an attorney. In fact, I was talking to my friend this morning at Pickleball, who um, is uh, who is an attorney, and I was asking him, I said, what's some of the misnomers about attorneys? And he, he basically said, well, you know, a lot of people think it's glorified work. You, you see it on see on TV, you know, the, the legal shows and stuff. They said, really, it's a lot of it's doing boring stuff. And that boring stuff, you guys, is what, you know, to us, the person being victimized and being treated like garbage, it's not boring to us when we get our money back when somebody's stolen it from us. Do we deal with civil matters? Yes, we do, actually. The thing with Legal Shield is it's a $24.95 month membership. It's 25 bucks, basically. You get unlimited legal counsel, and more. I mean, we in we do cover cover civil matters. There is a ninety day waiting period um, for. I'm trying to find it here. For um, let me just verify that so I can tell you the right thing. When I go through the whole presentation, I actually share that. By the way, there is a presentation tonight for Ladies of Justice as well at seven o'clock. Don't forget it if you're a, if you're interested in learning more about how to become an associate. Um, Yeah, there's a 90-day waiting period for uncontested divorce, adoption, separation, and name change. And there's also, um, we do cover civil trial defense for covered situations, pre-trial and trial. And when you're a member, here's the thing. When you're actually a member, each month you're a member, you actually accumulate hours for a civil trial. So like right now, I've been a member, I don't know, eight or nine months now. And so every month I've accumulated hours towards that. And I think they cap it off at something. But I'm going to say that one of my friends um, was recently sued and had her lawyer call up and, and talk to the other lawyer and said, well, you know, right now this person actually has 450 hours already accumulated, just so you know, you know, <laughs> so, so anyway, there's a, there's a lot. And, you know, we, we have IRS audit assistance. They will review contracts and documents for you, um, as well as write letters and, and all this. It's unlimited, unlimited. So, hey, you know, your best friend is the attorney law firm. And you get your will done, too, on top of it, okay? So th- there's a lot. And the things that they don't cover, we have in our attor- referral network, they give 25% off the attorney in the network uh, off that fee. And the average fee is $250 to $300 an hour. With this membership, you basically pay $325 for a year. So I don't know about you, but to me, it's a no-brainer. It's, le- it's less than a dollar a day to get the membership. Um, and like I told Randall, I totally wished I had it when we, we lived in apartments because that was the thing. Also, the other thing is your law firm gets back to you within four hours four hours. And for me, it's usually under two, or they directly put me right into the law firm and talk. To, I talk to the lawyer. So, <clears throat> um, so it's a, it's a thing and they go and they go to court too as well. So hopefully that answers your question. Anyway, all that's say, if you want to get a membership and get your ID shield and all that too, uh, get in touch with me today. If you want me, if you want to help us qualify for Cabo, otherwise I don't care. Get in touch with me whenever <laughs> and I can still sign you up. Either way, 
Okay, go to bit.ly forward slash LODJ2019. Okay. All right, one last article um, here, and that is Bible News um, Bombshell. Bible Bombshell Scholars Shock Heaven Claim Revealed. Yeah, it is. A scholar uncovered a clue that could suggest heaven is linked to water in contrast to the description given in the Bible, a radio debate revealed. Yeah, it did. It totally revealed it. (laughs) Uh, Heaven, often referred to as a higher place by Christians, is said to be a location far away in the cosmos where God resides. According to numerous parts of the Bible, heavenly beings descended on earth to help deliver God's word. However, there is a much debate over what heaven could look like, where it's located, and how the afterlife can possibly travel there. Um, Valerie Reese, Renaissance scholar and senior member of the language department at the School of Economic Science in London, revealed a clue that may help answer the big questions. She detailed on BBC Radio's Fours in Our Time how the religious paradise could provide some clarity in its name. Speaking on 2005 episode Heaven, she said, The Bible says that if your heart is free, you will go straight to your place among the gods and the stars. Uh I'm not really sure where she read that. And actually, when I read this earlier, I, I was like, I couldn't wait to read it to get Bareface's reaction. Now I, I got it. You sound like Scooby-Doo. Huh? <laughs> and it says here, in the biblical accounts of, of events, heaven appears right from the very first verse of the first chapter of the book of Genesis right to the final verse of the book of Revelation. Yeah. Anyway. But the Hebrew word for heaven is actually, how do you say that? Shamayim? Shamim, Shamayim. Shamayim, which either means Shamayim, water is there, or Ish, or Mayim, which is fire and water. I thought Ish was man, but... Gotcha. Well, I'm just reading the article. Yeah. Okay. So anyway, it says here, (laughs) Gina says, economic scientists had given us the answer. Sounds normal. (laughs) And it says here, it's fascinating to think of what heaven is made of. Could it just be water or is it about separation of water? So among the clouds in the book of Revelation, which describes heaven as a beautiful city built for those who have lived a religiously conscious life. <laughs> heaven is not described as what's being described. There is the, oh, I know. is the new Jerusalem. That's why I want to read this because anyway. it's funny to me. Anyway. Uh, Back to you. Revelation twenty one twenty two reads, the 12 gates were 12 pearls. No, actually, it doesn't say that, actually. It actually, it does. Well, not quite. Okay, anyway. Each individual gate was of one pearl, and the street of the city was pure gold like transparent glass. Revelation 21, 9 to 11 also gives a glimpse of what life inside heaven may be like. It reads, and he carried me away in the spirit to a great and high mountain and showed me the great city, the holy Jerusalem, there it is. descending out of heaven from God, having the glory of God. Her light was like a most precious stone, like a jasper stone, clear as crystal. Revelation 19, 11 to 14 even reveals other animals walk among the afterlife. It adds, now I saw heaven open to behold a white horse. Yeah, there's a white horse there. And he who sat on him was called faithful and true, and in righteousness he judges and makes war. His eyes were like a flame of fire, and on his head were many crowns, and he had a name written that no one knew except himself. 
He was clothed with a robe dipped in blood, and his name is called the Word of God. And the armies in heaven, clothed in fine linen, white and clean, followed him on white horses. So it looks like I'm going to learn how to ride a horse when I'm up there. (laughs) Hopefully it'll be a good horse. I wonder if Trigger is there. Just curious. Hmm. I don't know, you guys think Trigger is in heaven? Do you even know who I'm talking about? The Lone Ranger's horse? Wasn't that Trigger? Don't you mean Roy Rogers' horse? Okay, maybe that's it. Uh, you know. I think so. Okay, well, do you think Trigger will be there? Do you think Mr. Ed is going to be there in heaven? He's not white, I don't think. I think he's brown. Yeah. Do you think there will be more than white horses in heaven? Do you think they're all going to be colored? I mean, do you think you guys do? Okay, see, the the peanut gallery thinks, yes, they do. They think Trigger will be there. Silver. Silver. That was the... That was the... Uh, was a fictional name of the Lone Ranger's horse, yes. Hi-ho, hi silver, away. Yep. Hi-ho, silver, away! Mm. <laughs> Personally, I hope my cat and my dead, my dead dogs are up there, you know. Disney said all but, dogs go to heaven, so... But hopefully not dead, that would no, not No, hopefully be they're not dead. Pleasant. All animals go to heaven, Jackie says. IG horses get to go to heaven. Trigger is there, Roy's horse. There we go. There you go, people. There you go. Yes, contemplative things here on Bible News Radio. (laughs) Ah, well, hey, I hope you guys have had a good day. Yeah, I do. Um, Our show is over. (laughs) Aren't you glad? It's over. Yay! (laughs) You sat through another episode. And I am thankful for that, by the way. Okay, and I think I think Lou said that he was going to email me. I'm not sure. I got to scroll through the comments here. Where can you look up this legal matters on Google? I'm not sure what that was referring to. Hillary from Chicago is there. Hey, I don't know if you're still in there, Hillary, but if you are, I'm glad. Wait, hold on. I'm going to view your profile and and follow you because then. Oh, oh, Hillary, there. Hey, Hillary, nice to see you. Okay, let's see here. You guys deal with civil matters. Okay, I think that was the last thing. Yeah, I know. The Chick-fil-A story was interesting. And no, I didn't watch uh, Cohen's testimony. I don't have TV. And I really, honestly, um, today, you won't believe this, but I actually played pickleball probably, I'm going to say, three and a half hours today. Um, And (laughs) I literally have, like, let's see, 13,542 steps right now. So uh, I'm sure I'm going to be sore tomorrow because I really kicked butt playing today. I was, I was, I was on the game, you guys. My friend Dana, me, we were playing. It was awesome. It was super cool. It was, it was, it was great. I, you know, after the last couple of weeks dealing with so many people dying and just the stress, it just felt really good to exercise for a long time. I exercised so much today that my upper thighs were beginning to hurt when I left. Cause I was like, okay, all right, I could feel. Even the muscles in my upper legs were beginning to bug me. So not that you care about that, but just thought I'd share. So, so uh, let's see here. God bless you guys. Keep up the good work. Hey, you know what? We are doing what we're called to do. Yeah, we are. So, uh, so yeah. Thank you. Bearface, you want to say anything else? 
No. No. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, hey, you know what? Tomorrow is uh, Thursday. There may, just so you know, our show may be late tomorrow. I'm not sure yet. I have a doctor's appointment uh, in the afternoon, and, and it will depend on how long I end up having to wait and how long it takes me to get back. I, assuming it takes less than an hour or an hour and a half, I should be home in time to do our show. If for some strange unknown reason it takes longer for whatever reason, well, I'll let you know. I'll try to let you know that it might be a little bit later. Okay? Just so you know. So, you've been warned. Uh, all right. So, that's it. Okay. Hope you had a good day. Remember, be bold, people. Stand up and go with God because he loves you, people. All right. We'll see you tomorrow sometime.